book one chapter two of the crock of gold by james stevens this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana in june two thousand twenty book one chapter two to the lonely house in the pine wood people sometimes came for advice on subjects too recondite for even those extremes of elucidation the parish priest and the tavern these people were always well received and their perplexities were attended to instantly for the philosophers liked being wise and they were not ashamed to put their learning to the proof nor were they as so many wise people are fearful lest they should become poor or less respected by giving away their knowledge these were favorite maxims with them you must be fit to give before you can be fit to receive knowledge becomes lumber in a week therefore get rid of it the box must be emptied before it can be refilled refilling is progress a sword a spade and a thought should never be allowed to rust the gray woman and the thin woman however held opinions quite contrary to these and their maxims also were different a secret is a weapon and a friend man is god's secret power is man's secret sex is woman's secret by having much you are fitted to have more there is always room in the box the art of packing is the last lecture of wisdom the scalp of your enemy is progress holding these opposed views it seems likely that visitors seeking for advice from the philosophers might be astonished and captured by their wives but the women were true to their own doctrines and refused to part with information to any persons saving only those of high rank such as policemen gombeen men and district and county councillors but even to these they charged high prices for their information and a bonus on any gains which accrued through the following of their advices it is unnecessary to state that their following was small when compared with those who sought the assistance of their husbands for scarcely a week passed but some person came through the pine wood with his brows in a tangle of perplexity in these people the children were deeply interested they used to go apart afterwards and talk about them and would try to remember what they looked like how they talked and their manner of walking or taking snuff after a time they became interested in the problems which these people submitted to their parents and the replies or instructions wherewith the latter relieved them long training had made the children able to sit perfectly quiet so that when the talk came to the interesting part they were entirely forgotten and ideas which might otherwise have been spared their youth became the commonplaces of their conversation when the children were ten years of age one of the philosophers died he called the household together and announced that the time had come when he must bid them all good-bye and that his intention was to die as quickly as might be it was he continued an unfortunate thing that his health was at the moment more robust than it had been for a long time but that of course was no obstacle to his resolution for death did not depend upon ill health but upon a multitude of other factors with the details whereof he would not trouble them his wife the gray woman of dungapin 
applauded this resolution and added as an amendment that it was high time he did something that the life he had been leading was an arid and unprofitable one that he had stolen her fourteen hundred maledictions for which he had no use and presented her with a child for which she had none and that all things concerned the sooner he did die and stop talking the sooner everybody concerned would be made happy the other philosopher replied mildly as he lit his pipe brother the greatest of all virtues is curiosity and the end of all desire is wisdom tell us therefore by what steps you have arrived at this commendable resolution to this the philosopher replied i have attained to all the wisdom which i am fitted to bear in the space of one week no new truth has come to me all that i have read lately i knew before all that i have thought has been but a recapitulation of old and wearisome ideas there is no longer an horizon before my eyes space has narrowed to the petty dimensions of my thumb time is the tick of a clock good and evil are two peas in one pod my wife's face is the same for ever i want to play with the children and yet i do not want to your conversation with me brother is like the droning of a bee in a dark cell the pine trees take root and grow and die it's all bosh good-bye his friend replied brother these are weighty reflections and i do clearly perceive that the time has come for you to stop i might observe not in order to combat your views but merely to continue an interesting conversation that there are still some knowledges which you have not assimilated you do not yet know how to play the tambourine nor how to be nice to your wife nor how to get up first in the morning and cook the breakfast have you learned how to smoke strong tobacco as i do or can you dance in the moonlight with a woman of the she to understand the theory which underlies all things is not sufficient it has occurred to me brother that wisdom may not be the end of everything goodness and kindness are perhaps beyond wisdom is it not possible that the ultimate end is gaiety and music and a dance of joy wisdom is the oldest of all things wisdom is all head and no heart behold brother you are being crushed under the weight of your head you are dying of old age while you are yet a child brother replied the other philosopher your voice is like the droning of a bee in a dark cell if in my latter days i am reduced to playing on the tambourine and running after a hag in the moonlight and cooking your breakfast in the gray morning then it is indeed time that i should die good-bye brother so saying the philosopher arose and removed all the furniture to the sides of the room so that there was a clear space left in the centre he then took off his boots and his coat and standing on his toes he commenced to gyrate with extraordinary rapidity in a few moments his movements became steady and swift and a sound came from him like the humming of a swift saw this sound grew deeper and deeper and at last continuous so that the room was filled with a thrilling noise in a quarter of an hour the movement began to noticeably slacken 
in another three minutes it was quite slow in two more minutes he grew visible again as a body and then he wobbled to and fro and at last dropped in a heap on the floor he was quite dead and on his face was an expression of serene beatitude god be with you brother said the remaining philosopher and he lit his pipe focused his vision on the extreme tip of his nose and began to meditate profoundly on the aphorism whether the good is the all or the all is the good in another moment he would have become oblivious of the room the company and the corpse but the grey woman of dungarten shattered his meditation by a demand for advice as to what should next be done the philosopher with an effort detached his eyes from his nose and his mind from his maxim chaos said he is the first condition order is the first law continuity is the first reflection quietude is the first happiness our brother is dead bury him so saying he returned his eyes to his nose and his mind to his maxim and lapsed to a profound reflection wherein nothing sat perched on insubstantiality and the spirit of artifice goggled at the puzzle the grey woman of dungarten took a pinch of snuff from her box and raised the keen over her husband you were my husband and you are dead it is wisdom that has killed you if you had listened to my wisdom instead of to your own you would still be a trouble to me and i would still be happy women are stronger than men they do not die of wisdom they are better than men because they do not seek wisdom they are wiser than men because they know less and understand more i had fourteen hundred maledictions my little store and by a trick you stole them and left me empty you stole my wisdom and it has broken your neck i lost my knowledge and i am yet alive raising the keen over your body but it was too heavy for you my little knowledge you will never go out into the pine wood in the morning or wander abroad on a night of stars you will not sit in the chimney corner on the hard nights or go to bed or rise again or do anything at all from this day out who will gather pine cones now when the fire is going down or call my name in the empty house or be angry when the kettle is not boiling now i am desolate indeed i have no knowledge i have no husband i have no more to say if i had anything better you should have it said she politely to the thin woman of inishmagrach thank you said the thin woman it was very nice shall i begin now my husband is meditating and we may be able to annoy him don't trouble yourself replied the other i am past enjoyment and am moreover a respectable woman that is no more than the truth indeed i have always done the right thing at the right time i'd be the last body in the world to deny that was the warm response very well then said the grey woman and she commenced to take off her boots she stood in the centre of the room and balanced herself on her toe you are a decent lady said the thin woman of inishmagrach and then the grey woman began to gyrate rapidly and more rapidly until she was a very fervour of motion and in three-quarters of an hour 
for she was very tough she began to slacken grew visible wobbled and fell beside her dead husband and on her face was a beatitude almost surpassing his the thin woman of inish magrach smacked the children and put them to bed next she buried the two bodies under the hearthstone and then with some trouble detached her husband from his meditations when he became capable of ordinary occurrences she detailed all that had happened and said that he alone was to blame for the sad bereavement he replied the toxin generates the end to toxin the end lies concealed in the beginning all bodies grow around a skeleton life is a petticoat about death i will not go to bed End of chapter 2